Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. Hello and welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the show where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept and then talk about it through our gingery lens. I'm Jacob Gabby. And I'm Alex Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinnerette? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off. That's a lot of dollars off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Alex, have you had their uh, IKEA meatballs ripoff? No. It's good. It's balls of meat. Hard to mess up. Yeah, you'd be surprised. My grandmother makes meatballs, and uh, if I try to make meatballs like her, it's not the same. Something's different. Yeah, fair enough. Like with the recipe and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's giving me, she's like, these are all the secrets, and I do all the secrets, and I'm like, this doesn't taste as good. And she's like, yep. Huh. Well, maybe she's just <laughs> she's, purposely hiding out so that, holding out so that I have a reason to like see her. That's what you're going to get in the will. Your mom will get like money and, and whatnot, and you'll get uh, the, the full meatballs recipe. <laughs> it's worth more than gold. Yeah, absolutely. I love that we're starting this episode talking about meatballs. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> good, good, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay mainly because um, I had the day off today, and yes. it was great. Good. And I biked down to the record store and spent some money on What'd some records, um, mainly like some jazz albums oh. and stuff like that. And however, one of the fire alarms is dying mm. in our house. Okay. And it's beeping and it is in my roommate's room. Oh, I would just break the code, man. Get in there and change it. Like I don't I don't know. Te- I don't did you text weird. him? No, I could have. Oh, text him and be like, hey man, the alarm's going off in your room or it's beeping. Can I like go in and change the battery? It's driving me fucking nuts. It's going to drive all our listeners nuts, too. You're just going to, th- throughout the episode, just hear like a boop. <laughs> oh, no. you. I, I would be impressed if you could hear it through this microphone. But okay. I, I, I know it's there. I know it exists. Yeah, I think you got to just take batteries in your own hands. And if he has a problem with it, well, he wasn't the one home all day. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, uh, so we, we went to a comedy show. We did. We performed comedy last night, but not together. <laughs> Right. We I we performed improv for the first time for me in about three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been at least three since uh since the last Gingers on Ice show. So yeah, we went to the Bozeman, the new comedy club in Bozeman, Last Best Comedy. We saw uh, Sex Ed Vincent, who was fun and that was good. And uh performed by Paul Britton, who did a couple seasons on SNL and, and he had a lively crowd, lots of people uh, thinking that they were smarter than him. But here's here's the thing, folks: you're not smarter than the the entertainer. Yeah, I, th- I think people got lost in the character. Yeah, you know, I I think they were they you know maybe they had a drink or two in them and they were like, oh no, th- this guy's playing a bit. This is not who this person is. 
Right, right. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, just a very Chicago man with a sweater vest on who starts the show by saying, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but on the flip side, you did get to meet the – well, meet uh, – you got to – you were introduced to the sex shop owner here in Bozeman. Yeah, so I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, a while back you came on the show and you were like, I met a man with a briefcase full of dildos. <laughs> yes, and- who gave me of a free vibrator. Yes, and uh, turns out he was a special guest in the show. Sex Ed Vincent interviewed the sex shop owner, and then he walked around giving out free vibrators, so I now have one as well. And I don't know if you ever put a battery in one, Alex, but it's got a bunch of different settings, and it, it, uh, I it think vibes, mine is, it pulses. I think mine is broken. Oh, well, you can have mine if you want. I legitimately, I put batteries in it and everything, and one time I got it to, vi- to vibrate, and never again have I gotten it to vibrate. Huh. Yeah, I, I you know, I also <laughs> didn't tell you this, but I went to their website and I reached out to him. So we might have a future guest on the pod. Oh, yes. We've and become a very sex positive podcast. <laughs> great. I That was the other thing about the about my conversation when he first gave me the vibrator is after he gave me the vibrator, we had the most enlightened conversation about sex I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't stump sex ed last night, but he, he definitely, you know, sex ed would, would have concerns and, and in his questions, you know, what's happening here? What's this? And and the guy that owns the shop, uh, Billy is his name, just had like the best answers, you know, I kind of agreed to everything, you know, there's something out there for everyone, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. At one point it was like, do you think we should have sex with robots? What if they tear us limb for limb? And Billy was like, yeah, someone's into that. Someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he said that multiple times last night too. Well, someone's into that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. And then we did improv and uh, you know, it seems like everyone was a little rusty, <laughs> not Dude, just I mean, it was, us, but it felt really good to get back on stage. Yes. But at the same time, I don't know if improvising with randoms is like can ever be that good. It's never been my favorite. I love doing it not on stage, but then also when you're playing games like freeze tag and thing and whatnot, like those are kind of, I've always considered them like rehearsal games. And so, yeah, inherently when you have, uh, you know, strangers up that you've never played with before, but sometimes you'll, you'll find something beautiful. You know, sometimes like you, you had a couple of good scenes. I had the one scene that I was in, uh, it was got good, some though. laughs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was that one guy that was there that was uh, too hot to be there. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing on a Sunday performing community improv here? You're too good looking to be here. <laughs> yeah. You, you should, you should be railing someone or, or doing cocaine. You don't need to be here. Yeah. 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 It was like, well, what's this? What's it? You know, he's got like tattoos and he dresses well and stuff like that. I'm like, no. No, no, this is not yeah. <laughs> a place for you. Yeah. I, I also, it just felt, I was texting my dad, who also came to the show, uh, which was great to see him as well. Um, I was texting him that last night felt like a mishmash of like several different parts of my life because I was in Montana with you and with my dad, but then also it was like I was in LA again in an, in an underground comedy theater and 
you know, trying desperately to make people laugh again. And I had the same feeling. Like, I don't know if you, there was one scene where I was like holding my hand out with a glass and my, I saw my hand shaking because I, as soon as I got on stage, I just had that feeling of like, oh, I have to do really, really well. Cause what if I get SNL? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely felt that I, I, my like go-to panic on stage is me just uh, yelling. And that's yeah. what I did for the two you scenes did. that I was in. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You did. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I'm really comfortable on stage with you. And I think we are going to be just fine at our show next month, October 9th in oh, Missoula. Yeah. Get tickets. You like us. You want to laugh. So please come to the show. This is a weird sort of like propaganda. Oh, my God. I got a piece of Chinese propaganda in the mail. You did? Yeah. My roommates are convinced it's not Chinese propaganda, but I think they're fucking lying to me. What is it? It's a opera. It's a Chinese opera. And I apologize for this pronunciation, but I'm gonna I will get as close as possible to it. It's S-H-E-N space Y-U-N. So it's like Shenyun. Um it's a Chinese opera. And on it, it's like it is explicitly states, it's like, come see the wonders of Chinese ancient culture before communism. I'm on their website. That's their tagline. Shenyun, China before communism. And it's it's a place in New York City. And then you open it up and it's like amazing Chinese art before communism. Look at what China was before communism. Before communism, China had a lot of art before okay, communism. Okay, so here's where you're wrong. It's not Chinese propaganda. It's U.S. propaganda. Yes, I should say it's it's like <laughs> anti-China propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's uh, that's some Red Scare stuff happening uh, in your mailbox. Totally. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on top of all this, it's 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 playing in Billings. And I'm like, oh, they're going to crush in oh, Billings. So okay. this I was wondering is just why some, like, you got it. thinly veiled excuse. This is my conspiracy theory for for re, like people who dislike China, Republicans, to to like verify their biases, right? Because they can go to this. They can go to this this beautiful piece of art and dancing. And then the tagline is before communism. And it's going to get all of these like MAGA folks like fired up. They're like, look at what China was capable of before communism. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You get it. Interesting. I totally get it. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening there. On top of all that, the cheapest ticket, the cheapest ticket into the Billings one is $180. (laughs) So you know exactly the kind of people that are going to be there. So it's just rich Republicans going there and just like confirmation biasing themselves that China's some evil monster. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, uh, I'd I, be curious to know who's all behind that. <laughs> My roommates are like, you're reading way too into this. And I'm like, I am not. No, you're not. Yeah. The website is sketchily created too. Like it's good enough. But it's not good enough. You know what I mean? And like, like the the it, it should be worse than it is, but it also should be better than it is if it's like a legitimate touring company. Exactly. Like the I there's like a testimonial on the back of it, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not gonna read it correctly. But it's like, it's like I went to see the show, and it was immediately amazing. Box offices everywhere will be sold out. You should go see this show. And then the person who said it was named Lee Merriweather, and I was like, that's a fucking fake name. That's a fake fucking quote. Nobody talks yeah. like that. Nobody talks like that. Mary, yeah. yeah. Nobody is named Lee Merriweather. <laughs> that seems like, what does the U.S. like? Lewis and Clark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they were like, we're performing out West. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, who we, who yeah. should we put Merriweather? 
That's like some subconscious. I so I, I watched an episode of The Simpsons, one of my f- like favorites. Um, but like, <laughs> it's not actually that good. And it's called New Kids on the Blech. And it's this guy starts a boy band and recruits Millhouse, Bart, Nelson, and Ralph Wiggum. And he uses them as a propaganda machine. Their big hit is Evenet Niage, which is join the Navy backwards. And he has a, uh, uh, Lisa figures out his scheme and she's like, you're doing subliminal messaging. And he's like, we do subliminal, liminal and superliminal." And Lisa's like, what's superliminal?" And he just yells out the window at Lenny and Carly's like, Hey, go join the Navy. And they're like, all right. <laughs> That's good. What year did that come out in? Ooh, uh, it's the 12th season. So like 2001, probably. Mm, uh, that's yeah. like right around when the South Park episode about boy bands also. No, it was before the South Park episode on boy bands because that had the Jonas Brothers in it. Yeah, Jonas Brothers were definitely later. I think Nick was just a <laughs> he was a but a wee tyke in two thousand one. It uh, well, it's the same. It's the same premise with the South Park one. Are you thinking of the Christian rock band? Well, yeah, but it's but I mean it's like the Walt Jonas Disney's Brothers just selling. Episode? Walt Disney's okay. just selling propaganda via boy bands. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I had a wedding this weekend. How was it? It was good. I went. It was in Swan Lake, which uh, is pretty straight gorgeous. up one of the most beautiful places yeah. in the country. Yeah, it was at the lodge there, which was built in 1936, and I found this out because there were no three pronged outlets inside the building. <laughs> nice. And yeah, uh, is there another reason you knew that fact? Well, no. Uh, yes, because. <laughs> Okay, so I get there. There's a string quartet playing, and I was like, "Okay, so you you automatically know like that sets the scene, right?" <laughs> like it sets the scene. It also tells me uh, money. Yeah, 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 exactly. We've so got there's a live a band, string quartet, and then there's a. <laughs> I walk in, and the woman shows me uh, the the planner shows me where I'm going to set up, and there's an older man standing there uh, with like a leather vest on and like a coonskin cap on. And, uh, I, I, he's, she's like, he's got to move all his stuff when the string quartet's done. And he introduces himself and he's like, Hey, I'm Joe as in cup of Joe. That's what they call me. And then he points at this wooden sign that says cup of Joe. <laughs> I was like, Hey Joe. And he's like, did you know that's his band name is cup of Joe? Yeah, it's just him. Um, and then I'm like, are you from here? And he's like, I've lived in the area for 40 years. Did you knew, know the Kootenai Lodge was built in 1906? And I was like, I did not know that. And then he was like, this lodge was built in 1936 and they copied the Kootenai Lodge. And then when I was plugging stuff in, I was like, I can tell, Joe, that this was built in 1936. But anyway, I was contracted to start playing at seven. I didn't even start till eight because the string quartet ran late and then Joe ran late and then I started playing. But it was the loudest crowd I've had. They they sang along. They they shouted along to some of the songs, uh, which was They shout along to WAP? I didn't play that one. <laughs> Not a WAP crowd? No, but all I wanted to do was go home on time that night because I knew I was traveling to Bozeman the next day and I was contracted until midnight, which puts me back in Missoula 2.30 and uh, they were like, no, please stay, please stay. Basically, I play from like 8 to 11 and people are dancing and then for like a half hour at 11, no one is in the room except a dude who has fallen asleep because he danced so hard. How so old is the dude that's falling asleep? Oh, he was like 28, 29, probably. Oh, what also, the fuck? Incredible dancer. He's one of those like 
grungy guys with like a mullet and a disgusting mustache because that look is coming back. And it is, unfortunately. He, it was an incredible break dancer. <laughs> like, probably without a doubt, the best like actual dancer I saw this summer. Wow. It, yeah. Okay. And so I'm just playing to an empty room for about 45 minutes. And then 10 minutes before I'm about to shut down, everyone piles in. And I'm like, I got three songs for you. And then at the, at the end of the last one, they're like, more. And I was like, well, <laughs> okay, but it costs money. And sure enough, they paid me and I stayed. So I got home about 3.30 and then I was up at 10 and traveled to Bozeman. And then I got back last night at about 1 a.m. So I'm tired, but not, not that tired today. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be the train wreck. It's the, it's the life. You're living a life of, uh, of stuff. Yeah, no, honestly, when, when, you know, it's like negative five out, uh, in the dead of February, I want to be able to remember how tired I am right now and be like, you know what? At least I packed it all in while it was nice out. Totally. Totally. All right. I think we've, um, wasted enough time. Okay. So every month we do a Patreon episode where our patrons get to suggest whatever they want to hear us talk about. And a lot of our patrons know us they're our friends although i i don't know if they really are after this episode um they they like to yank our chain you know what are alex and jacob uniquely unqualified to discuss yes it's come up several times and usually something wins that we are qualified to discuss wanks for example pranks for example insects uh so this week I just took everyone's suggestions and I threw them in the poll. And then keeping in the spirit of the show, I try not to look at the poll until it's close to when we're recording. Because regular episodes, you I don't know what the word is until we're already recording and you tell me. Right. Now, we've had guests the last couple of weeks. And as I love having guests, but I also love talking to you. So this week, I was like, let's just do me and Alex. And it ended up being the week where we probably could have used... Uh, one or both of the guests that we've talked to in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, son of a bitch. We really yeah. mistimed this. Yeah, uh, but I also like the guests to bring their own words. So I didn't want to force them to talk about what our patrons decided either. So we find ourselves, Alex, <laughs> in the unique position today uh, where our word of the day is fourth wave feminism. There it is. There it is. Now, uh, first, right off the bat, I want to say I prefer the second wave. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I also, let's fuck? just go through <laughs> the poll are you already quick. making bad jokes about it? <laughs> let's just go through the and poll And you had a quick. whole day to come up with jokes, and you're like, my first joke is going to be that I like second wave more than fourth wave. Okay, so I really thought, looking at the poll, I really thought that Ska was going to win, because it almost won last month, too. Son and then. In the last 12 hours, fourth wave feminism won by significant margin. What I didn't realize until I logged in and downloaded the results is that people can vote more than once on this poll. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we got screwed, uh, screwed over on this one. Uh, fourth wave feminism, Alex. Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines... This is, like a, this is like a speech in your freshman year of college speech class that everyone had to take yeah 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 exactly uh fourth wave feminism is um uh and you have like a google drive or a google uh powerpoint that's not like lining up with what you're saying you're like one slide ahead of what you're actually saying yeah 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 
Um, fourth wave feminism is a feminist movement that began around 2012 and is characterized by a focus on the empowerment of women, the use of internet tools, and intersectionality. The fourth wave seeks greater gender equality by focusing on gender norms and marginalization of women in society. So overall, while I was reading up on this, what I gathered, the, uh, the, the, the most important parts of the fourth wave are the inclusion and how technology has shaped the fourth wave. Okay. I, I mean, a big fan. Yes, agreed. <laughs> we're real, on record. Real, we are. We're big fans. Real, real big fan of it. Um, dude, this is I. This is the worst. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Well, here's what I because I've done I don't is, think two men should voice their opinions on it. I think that's the whole point. I agree. Yeah. And, and this is why I prefaced it with this is our patrons playing a joke on us, not because they actually want to hear what we have to say about fourth wave feminism, but because they want to hear uh, Alex do exactly what he's doing right now, which is just struggling. Flounder. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so that is what you can get for $5 a month over at patreon.com slash ginger on ginger. I was reading. Uh, if you go down on the Wikipedia page, which again, probably not even the, definitely not even the best source I could use for fourth wave feminism. If you have texts that I should be reading that are more scholarly, please send them my way. I, one criticism it says is that it depends on technology and I'm going to go out on a limb and disagree with that. It maybe does depend on technology, depending on who you ask, but I don't think that it would I don't think the fourth wave would be nearly as enabled without that very technology, right? I also think if that technology didn't exist, the fourth wave would still exist. People would still have the women's march without technology. You know what I mean? You can still plan events. You can still coordinate movements without technology. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been done in the past for, for voting rights and, and for everything else. Um, I just think, social media and stuff like that has made it way more uh, fast. I mean, not fast enough, obviously, but like the, the me too movement and everything like that, like spread so quickly. Um, and I, I obviously see that as a positive, not, not the actual stories that were coming out of the me too movements, of course, but I just mean the solidarity that I think all like non-male people were able to experience with that. Yes. And it, it, even around the world, you know, the, the advent of hashtags were used in, you know, the, this wave used are being used. I don't know when officially the fifth wave would start. I don't know what that uh, would do, but, but a huge win today is that R. Kelly was accused uh, or found guilty on all counts. Yeah. Well, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that we can add that, uh, to the to fourth wave because Wikipedia sums it up. There's a table of, of uh, there's a timeline of important moments that have happened here. The one I was looking for, because I wanted to get the, the statistics, right. But now I can't find, well, I guess I could Google it specifically, but um, my favorite piece of uh, feminist movement. Is that a thing? Can I pick a favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Is that allowed? I don't know. I'm not the person to ask, but go for it. Um, was the country of Iceland. 
Did you okay. hear about this? Maybe. Every single woman in that country, because they, much like the United States, had no constitutional rights for women. So everything was just defined as as uh, as male in their constitution. Every single woman in that country walked out of their jobs. Oh, that's right. I did hear about that. Like they just straight up stopped working. Nurses, everything, like every single position you could imagine, they just stopped. And the country grinded to a halt and they're like, whatever tiny stock market Iceland has, like absolutely fell to zero in like a matter of like 20 minutes. Yeah. And they passed legislation like through... It was basically like a constitutional amendment, which if you think about how long that would take the U.S. to do, you know, it would take, <laughs> literally probably take years. Yeah. They passed a constitutional amendment in something like six hours or something like that. Oh, <laughs> and, my word. And got it like rectified and everything. Like it was like all the way through and they were like, holy shit. And I was like, that's incredible. That is incredible. And at the same time, it shouldn't fall on, you know, the responsibility shouldn't be burdened by non-male people having to take that action. You know, that's where people like you and I, maybe that's our place on this podcast is to figure out ways to aid in the fight, aid in the movement and and help, you know? One of the things I like to, and this goes for, for every single gender and everything in between, I, the second I get a new job, everyone there, um, I ask what they get paid. Okay. I think that, I think we should like totally break down the, the uh, stigma between ask by asking people what they get paid. Why oh, does I, it matter? I completely agree. And yet at the same time, when you said that I had like a gut reaction, like, oh, but I, I do agree with you. It's and, and I, and I, people that have been there for four years and we're in the same position, but they've been there for four years and they make a buck 50 an hour more than me. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Right. But, you know, there was one person I work with that had been there a, a year, like two years longer than me and we were making the same. Right. And it's like, hey, they went, you need and to they get- went in and was like, hey, why am I making the same as this person that just started working here? And my boss was like, yeah, you're right. Here's a raise. Yeah. No, and that's, I was like, that's good. good. Good for that person. Like, absolutely. Like, you shouldn't. So I feel like we should just. And if you see any um, discrepancies in in gender payment, like fucking bring that shit up immediately. Yeah. So what you're saying, Alex, is that you are sort of a white savior that goes from job to job to make sure that there's payment equality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me as a white man, I walk in and I say, have no fear because (laughs) I have no fear because of who I am. (laughs) Nothing will ever hurt me. I'm a white man. Listen, you're saying this ironically and as a joke, but you're not wrong either. I know. That's why it's an extra jokey joke. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Right? That's why it's a real joke, because it's actually dead true. Alex, what do you know about intersectionality? No fucking idea what that means. Okay, intersectionality is an analytical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. So there's a focus in the fourth wave on intersectionality, which identifies multiple factors of advantage and disadvantage. Examples of these factors include gender, caste, sex, race, class, sexuality, religion, disability, physical appearance, and height. These intersecting and overlapping social identities may be both empowering and oppressing. Yeah. I th- you know, I think the idea is to, to integrate the idea of intersectionality as a, as a basis of, of basically what we, what needs to be equalized. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm always, I'm always so confused as to why, as as to why you would actually disagree with equality. Well, I'd have to say that the people. But like, what's the actual are, like psychological reason these people are disagreeing with it? You the know? folks that are of the advantaged want to keep that advantage, I guess. And, yeah, that's and, me though, and I don't want that. I am of the advantage, and I, I, I absolutely, will, I, you know, and it, for me, it was like, I don't think anyone ever taught me that. I feel like it just makes logical sense. Yeah, no one like sat you down and was like, you're better than everyone and you should know that kind of thing. They didn't say that, but they, they weren't also like, you're equal to everyone else and, and no one's better than you. They never said that to me. I was just like, yeah, I am. It's just, it's just how it is. I don't, I like, I want to know like the psychological thing behind, like behind yeah, people I don't who know. disagree with it. I have no idea. Like what, what the fuck's going on in your life? What's well, up? I want to say that it's it's good that you maybe weren't told that, but have, excuse me, found your way to that because I distinctly remember my parents like, you know, anytime we would, you know, for example, just in a larger city, see disadvantaged people. You know, my father would would make a point to be like, well, he would say, not everyone has dealt the the same hand, and and you should treat everyone equally. You know, because because we are. The only the only bit of like um uh feminist teaching I can remember that I got was from my mother. She's excellent. And I remember I got a uh I got a video game, a GameCube game. Uh that I'm spacing the name of now. Damn. What's what's happening in the game? I it's a motorcycle to... racing game in the future where you race motorcycles at like supersonic speeds. Okay. I'll you keep talking, I'll find it. And um on the cover Extreme of Extreme G3. That's it. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> that is it. On the cover of it is a very early 2000s early 2000s um like Fast and Furious took over the world and everything was slightly molded after Fast and Furious. Yeah. There is a uh like CGI woman who has yep. absurd proportions. Uh-huh. And is in like a latex bodysuit, and she's like leaning on a super fast motorcycle, you know, made up sci-fi motorcycle. And I got the game because I wanted to race the motorcycles, and I was like eight or yeah. whatever when I got this. And I remember every time I would play it, the case would be on the ground or whatever, and I'd be sitting there playing it. And every single time, without fail, my mother would walk past me. She'd be doing whatever she needs to do. She would just point at the box, and she would go, women don't look like that. <laughs> yeah and i just remember being like okay i get it and, and then she'd walk back and she'd be like no really no woman looks like that she's like the supermodels don't even look like that she's like nobody looks like that it's like okay okay right well much like this podcast you can you know that men probably designed the uh character you know oh yeah definitely there's and no reason didn't... for that to be on the cover of right. a game. It's about a motorcycle. It's about racing motorcycles. <laughs> it's about racing motorcycles through like futuristic cities. That's what the game's about. And sh- yeah. you also shoot machine guns on your motorcycle in case you were wondering, can this get any more young boy in the early 2000s video game? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, that old phrase, sex sells, but it's like, 
there's a way to sell sex while still being realistic and positive about it. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, I feel like that's what Billy's all about. We got to get his ass on the pot on the pot. Yeah. I wonder what Billy would have to say about fourth wave feminism. Probably something super enlightened and super great. Oh, absolutely. Great. Yeah. You, oh, you guys are looking at Wikipedia right now? I've known these things for years. Like, I'm sure that... Yeah, yeah. He was uh, like, I was, I was at the White House in 1980. And you're like, God damn it. Of course you were. Yeah. So, I want to end this uh, discussion with a, not plea, but a request that uh, throughout the week after this episode is posted, if you message me or the podcast on Instagram with resources uh, involved with the fourth wave feminist movement that people should know about literature that people should know about, let me know. And I will repost it. Uh, if you want to, it's not, again, it's not your responsibility to educate me or anyone else, but if, if you have good stuff, I would love to know more and I would love to, uh, help educate more people about it. Thanks again to our patrons. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry we weren't as eloquent as we probably should have been, but uh, next time, choose Ska. Yeah, next next month we're doing Ska, and it'll, it'll be like third wave Ska or something. We're just going to get stuck in waves here. Well, we're, we're riding some uh, wave of Ska right now. That shit's coming back, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, I want to say to anyone who has seen the episode artwork for this episode, please know that it's a joke. <laughs> It's obviously a joke. I know, but like, I just, I, I worry that someone who's never listened to the podcast or knows us or doesn't know us, I mean, is going to see that and be like, I'm out. And you know what? Fair enough. Like, fair enough. I I'm would not want to, but fair enough. Yeah. I would not want to listen to us if that's my first impression <laughs> is the episode <laughs> artwork of this episode. <laughs> I love it. All right. Do you want to do a police blotter? Yes, please. Dear God. Please, 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 please. A caller reported they hit a light pole with their truck. Officers responded and requested Northwestern Energy to look at the pole. They responded and advised that the pole appeared to be fine. Yeah, they're ringed with concrete. Here's the other thing. Uh, Northwestern Energy doesn't really lift a finger unless they absolutely have to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a Satan company. A 911 caller reported two individuals dragged another individual out of a casino into the street. Officers responded and made contact with the three individuals who did not want to pursue charges. The parties were separated for the night. Wow. What? Where is there a fucking casino? Oh, there's there's so many casinos in Lewistown. There's like, Really? Oh, God, yeah. There's like six or seven at least. Uh, what? There's a lot of them. I went to one shortly after my 18th birthday, and it was very strange and a little sad. They're all sad, yeah. especially if you go in the daytime. Oh, Lord. That's what I did. I took my girlfriend at the time because we were both 18, and I was like, let's go to a casino for the first time. And she's like, it's not going to be as cool as you think. <laughs> they, they suck. It's They're real sad places. Yeah, I went in. I, I paid like one machine, and I was like, let's go. This sucks. I like to think that it was uh, someone counting cards, but uh, they were doing it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, two and then four. Yeah, and he's like, Six, there's a lot of kings left in the seven. deck, and then he just gets punched in the. <laughs> I liked the idea that you think there's uh, live dealers in Lewistown. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, it's all like uh, yeah, video yeah, yeah. poker and kino. I You're don't think right. there's a single. Uh... <laughs> You're right. There's and then there's just one person sitting at the clerk's desk behind behind like a barred window. Yep. 
pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. uh it's pretty tragic honestly and and uh casino fascinating things those uh have you ever been to like a vegas casino while while you've been able to gamble oh yeah absolutely oh i haven't i've only been to a vegas casino when i was 17 i wasn't able to it wasn't able to gamble i've, I've that's the last time i've been to vegas i would love to go to vegas and just have some have a fun two days let's go to vegas that sounds great let's fucking do it Southwest we, flies out of Bozeman now, and Southwest flies to Vegas for like $60. Oh, that's almost worth me. It could almost be better for me to just drive to Bozeman and fly out of there. It's nuts. It's so yeah. fucking cheap. That's awesome. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. It's a good time. A caller reported someone was yelling and cussing near some families with children. Officers responded and spoke to the individual, who said they were yelling at a driver that nearly hit them. Officers informed the individual there was a complaint about their language. First off, I'd like to apologize, but guy got really close to me. He almost hit me. Right, exactly. And and your kids are going to hear curse words out in the real world. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, like that legitimately has been me in situations yeah that's like i understand if you're like at a family restaurant if you're in an applebee's and someone's like you know watching the game and like Dude, there's up a storm definitely or something. disgusting language being used in applebee's but i'm, I'm but i'm like if you're like I, I you know i don't know i i i even as an educator, I'm like, I don't know if I'd call 911 on someone cursing. Yeah. Also, that is that is legal. I mean, you can say whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you can call a kid a dick if they're being a dick. I, have, I mean, yeah, you could say a lot worse things. You're going to be a bad person, but you can say that if you want. Here's another kid one. Oh, boy. A caller reported some kids were inside the fenced area of a daycare facility that was not open. The kids appeared to be throwing things around. Officers responded and made contact with the owner of the daycare, who stated the children were helping to pick up the play area and were the owner's children. God damn. What, so there's a, some, what a classic <laughs> mind your fucking business. Right? There's some vigilante running around Lewistown trying Calling to- Calling like, the cops on kids on a playground. Um, there are kids on a playground? Yeah, they're uh, behind the fence where they're supposed to be and they're throwing things like kids do. <laughs> yeah, they're just throwing those little wood chips around, you know? Like, it's totally yeah. fine, and it's not going to hurt anything. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah, my God. That's frustrating. Like Jesus. All right, I got one last one, Alex. Okay. Are you ready? A caller reported a person was on the sidewalk in front of the business, preaching with a loudspeaker and making customers uncomfortable. Officers responded and advised this person with the speaker was on public property and was not threatening anyone. Except with eternal damnation. It doesn't say Again, that, I mean. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. And honestly, um, I've seen so many like TikToks of like crazy campus preachers. Uh, shout out to this next generation coming up. They are coming they, up with hilarious ways to deal with these people. Yeah, they're unfazed by it. Like they they know what's bullshit and what's not. You know, like I feel like if I was out with my grandparents and we saw one of them, like they would just entertain the guy for a minute, you know? They'd be like, well, let's stop and hear what he has to say. And I'd be like, no, like, like I could no. see my grandma doing that. Like, well, you never know what someone standing on the corner with a microphone has to say. And I'm like, I don't care what they have to say. Yeah. Shouting that if you're queer, you're going straight to hell. It's like, nah, yeah. I don't really need to talk to that person at all. I just really don't care what two male redheads have to say about fourth wave feminism, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's us this episode. 
We just didn't have a megaphone. Well, I'll bring a megaphone next time. Next time we should. Like, we should have just been screaming this whole episode. (laughs) What's up with uh, women? (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway, send us stuff if you want us to read and share information and resources. I will look some up as well and 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 try to find stuff. Sometimes it's hard to find resources, Alex, because I feel like well, lots of organizations also have done shady things, and I never know about it until I post about it, and then someone's like, "Actually, this this organization is shady because," and I'm like, "Well, I didn't know that." Yeah, and also, I mean, I Google fourth wave feminism. First thing that comes up, Wikipedia. Second thing that comes up is like a Vox article, and the third thing that comes up is like a CNN article, and I'm like, "Well, I don't." Like, none of those are great. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Um, come to Ginger's on Ice, October 9th. We're not going to talk about feminism there. It's actually shaping up to be a pretty dirty show, I think. So, yeah, it'll be great. I'm, I, I'm after last night and going to a, uh, comedy show, I'm very excited. I know. I'm pumped too. It's going to be fun. Uh, so yeah. Okay. I will talk to you again soon. Uh, bye. Bye. Ginger on Ginger is brought to you by the new hologram Gloria Steinem, coming soon to a public library near you.